0: Howdy folks, Josh here uh with a little bit of housekeeping. Uh unfortunately don't have the episode for you that we thought we were gonna have, which is the best uh of Samuel L. Jackson, best Samuel L. Jackson roles. Uh that's planned for next time. Um holiday scheduling got real crazy for both of us, and recording just didn't work out yet for that one. So instead, we've had a little bit of a treat for y'all. Um we are putting up today um our initial pilot episode um that we have never released yet um this was originally recorded as like you know we're kind of trying to figure out what the show is wasn't originally intended for public release but we thought we'd include that so we could have a little something for for the audience this week so um Hope you guys enjoy. Um, The format's a little bit different. The audio quality is certainly a bit different. It's not horrible, but it's not up to our usual standard. So apologies for that. Um, We hadn't bought good mics yet. Uh, This is early enough in our planning stage for the podcast that we didn't even have like a theme song picked out yet. I've put that in here to make it feel more like a regular episode. But, you know, um, this is early stuff. So, yeah, anyway, uh, enjoy what we have, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh.
1: And I'm your host, Scott.
0: And today, our topic is going to be most culturally significant pieces of media that are initialisms or acronyms. Real quick, lay down a couple of rules that we put, gave ourselves here. Um, the title doesn't have to completely just be an initialism or an acronym. Um, it just has to contain one. Uh, and also, um, we're kind of trying to refrain from just using, like, company names. We're shooting for media here in general, but we don't w- didn't want to do things as generic as, like, uh, CBS. Because it's not really, like, describing a unified body of work from a group of individuals or a single individual. That's right. I feel like I'd make a more boring list.
2: Yeah, we also ignored single-letter acronyms. Uh, v for Vendetta, for example, um, is not included on this list
0: right we're trying to go for a little bit more of a uh, full on initialism or acronym here so uh we're going to start off here with uh a little bit of a few items that each of us brought that didn't really make our personal lists here um but we thought were worth mentioning uh Scott why don't you start
2: yeah sure and you know with those list rules in mind i've actually found this initially to be quite difficult no pun intended. Um, I did struggle at first to to really pull together a list of um, ideas to put on here, and after some research and a little bit more thought into it, I, I did come up with quite a few. Uh, so many, in fact, that I my list was way overwhelming, and so uh, I I did pare it down to my top. But like you said, there are several here that I felt deserved an honorable mention. So a couple things on my list um captcha like from captcha tests to determine if you're a robot or not which okay. stands for completely automated public turing test to tell computers and humans apart most people don't I didn't realize know. that that is an acronym yes
0: yeah i did not know that
2: and also didn't know if it would be considered media but that being said definitely something that is in all of our lives so completely relevant for sure uh next on my list i have house md Gets an honorable mention because most people just refer to the show as House, but it it is technically House M.D. Um, Fantastic show. Hugh Laurie, wonderful character, um, easily one of the most emotionally intelligent characters on TV and, you know, great overall. So but significant, maybe uh, uh, some other quick ones here. A uh, couple bands, ACDC, uh, CCR. I don't know how many people really refer to them as Creedence Clearwater Revival. I almost always hear just CCR. So, Sure, I, sure. yeah. ABBA, which I also didn't realize was an acronym. It uh, is. For the names of the the individuals in the band. Agnetha, Benny, Bjorn, and Annie Frid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I put TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This one, only honorable mention because the only piece of media with TMNT in it that is titled as such is an awful movie. Just like yeah, that. Michael complete, Bay movie, right? Completely terrible. Yes. Yeah, like oh, yeah, seven Yeah. Great. Just horrible. Uh, and then the last one, uh, sorry, two more uh, Madden and NFL blitz. Um, we said no to using like NFL or MLB. These ones being specific pieces of media that kind of reference them. I think they really define that generation for um, football video games. So pretty, pretty important. But uh, and then the last one is just completely off the wall in the video game, Ratchet and Clank. They have a special all powerful gun called the Rhino R-Y-N-O. And it stands for Rip Ya a New One, which I always thought was amazing. And I
0: forgot that that was an acronym.
2: Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So easily the best gun in the game. Um, They're really built up to it. And the kind of sly sales guy that sells you that gun is like, oh, rip you a new one. And you're like, oh, what? What is this? And then you shoot it for the first time and you're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. So it's
0: been a while since I played any of those.
2: Okay, I think that would do it for me. Uh, What do you what do you have on your list?
0: um i got a couple um we'll hit a couple of video games that i do have on the list um one of these is a uh, mag which stands for massive action game uh it was a big like 128 player first person shooter on the playstation 3 i never really played it very much it's not a great game i just think massive action game is a funny name <laughs> um uh also uh, a genuinely great game that i do have on the list is ftl colon faster than light um and that's a uh uh, kind of strategy, space, a little bit of roguelike in there um, as you are sending your crew members around to pilot various systems on your ship. Really neat game. Highly recommend it. Okay. Um, but ultimately, not that culturally significant in the long run. Um, another uh, a movie that I have on here, um, a couple movies actually that I, um, one in particular I really enjoy is UHF, which is the yeah. uh, weird, weird Al, Al movie, uh, kind yes. of public access TV show um, oh. movie really weird i really love it it's a it's a really great time um, I'm kind of embarrassed but
2: that i didn't have it on my list I very
0: uh kind of a cult weird classic Al. oh yeah so. uh and then uh uh wally i have on here as well because that's an acronym um i didn't write down what it stands for cuz i don't so i don't remember but um but you know, good another, good movie. Go- Not my favorite Pixar, but you know, movie that a lot of people like.
2: First half of it's pretty fantastic. Anyway,
0: yeah. Um, and then uh, I have uh, last one I'll have on my list here of honorable mentions is a uh, GI Joe, um, because you know, the GI is also an acronym. Okay. I never really got into any GI Joe stuff per se, but that's that's a media property that's been around for a long time.
2: Sure, I uh, yeah, completely agree.
0: All right, so moving on to our actual lists. Um, So the way that we're going to handle this, um, Scott and I have put together um, personal top tens with the idea of uh, making a unified top ten list that we're going to rank between the two of us. Um, We're going to start start with our number fives and go to our number ones, and if we have any duplicates, we'll start tapping into that kind of six to ten range for each of us. And uh, and before we end up going over and ranking the full list. Um, We'll kind of mention any that didn't get mentioned um, over the course of the discussion. So, uh, Scott, why don't you start with uh, your number five?
2: Sure. Number five. So this one should come as no surprise. It came up during our initial discussion of the topic. But when I think of culturally significant pieces of media, MASH is definitely towards that top of that list. And uh, it, You know, I grew up watching MASH. My dad did. My grandpa did. I mean, there's there's some amazing stories to be told throughout that. And it was for the longest time, uh, the single most viewed finale episode of any show ever. And that started in the 70s. Right. I think is when right. that particular episode occurred. And. You know, to get that many people to watch all at once, I mean, it wasn't like it was streaming somewhere, right? It was tune in this day at this time and we're going to air the final episode. And I I think it it was like closing a chapter on a lot of people's lives because they'd been following this show for so long. You know, say what you will about the writing and uh, some of the, the changes that occurred throughout the format. But. It, it was definitely a culturally significant show at a, a time when people were really struggling to deal with what it was going on across the sea. So yeah, definitely a top piece of media and I'm, I'm happy to put it at number five on my list.
0: So uh, the funny thing is you mentioned that also number five on my list, exact oh. same spot, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, oh no yeah, way. Uh, yep. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't grow up watching mash. Um, I know like my dad is a huge fan of the show. Loved it as, uh, when he was younger, um, and was actually airing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, undisputably, I feel like, um, you know, one of the most influential sitcoms ever. I have watched some of it and spent a ton time, ton of time watching it, but, um, you know, it's, it, it, one of the, I think, interesting things about it is, um, you know, it covered the Korean War, which ran for three years. The show ran three times longer than the war that it covered, which is, right. <laughs> is kind of funny um but yeah it's uh it's really you know definitely one of the most influential sitcoms ever made and while i was kind of doing some research and reading up on it one of the interesting things i found was um mash is kind of one of the first tv shows that really pioneered the whole kind of dual plot lines a plot b plot structure that kind of most sitcoms um uh use today um so that mash is i don't know if it's the very first one but certainly one of the earlier ones so uh Interesting and, that that's kind of where a lot of that comes from.
2: And for those who don't know, um MASH stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. And yes, and I did really, want to mention
0: uh yeah. we, let's 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 hit the what each acronym means I think yeah, that's that's ab- worth I covering. Mean, absolutely.
2: Um th- yeah, in this case it was uh surrounding a, a group of doctors and other personnel that are uh, at one of the Korean or excuse me, the US owned army stations uh for surgery in korea Uh, and so just surrounding their happenings um wonderful wonderful show i can't say enough good things about it
1: all right um
0: i guess we'll move on to my number six then i was gonna say yeah go ahead go back already yeah uh yeah so back to my number six since my number five is also mash um this is another one that um i don't have a ton of personal attachment to, but i think is kind of indisputably a really um really influential person an artist here is um uh biggie notorious big b i g um your, uh you know the rapper who is very uh very very popular in the nineties very influential on a ton of um other rappers out there um uh and various hip hop artists even even reaching all the way to today um the I, I doing my research here, I looked up um the uh acronym origin big as an acronym it originally used to mean what he said was a business instead of game. Um after the death of uh his friend Tupac Shakur, um he said that he had changed it to mean bullet in gut. Um which a little dark <laughs> but uh you know uh understandable.
2: Yeah, well, uh, there goes my number two, uh, because <laughs> I also had Notorious B.I.G. on here. And it, this was actually a tough one. I There were several rappers that I wanted to consider. Um, DMX, for example, NWA, oh, sure, sure. Run DMC. I mean, these are some pretty big names in, in the overall community, but you're right. None of them have influenced more people Then and today, then Biggie and I mean, Jay-Z, P. Diddy, Kendrick Lamar, Drake, Nicki Minaj, even Kanye. I mean, some of the biggest names out there today started listening to his music. You, You haven't met anybody in rap that has listened or that hasn't listened to notorious big and and i just that i think that says so much about his influence to the overall community not just repping the west coast but just in general being somebody who was bigger than life and you know r.i.p but it's uh you can't dispute his contribution so you were right to put him on your list i just you had him at number six Mm -hmm. uh, and i had him at number two
0: uh, I, I, one of the things that you know, like I said, I don't have a ton of personal connection there. Um, but uh, one of the things I thought thought was interesting, um, is that lifetime. So he has he he had two albums that released while he was alive, and then um, more that came out posthumously. Lifetime, um, you know, since he since he started putting out records, um, it's only thirteen point four million records sold. Mm-hmm. Um, which compared to some of your other, you know more influential certainly some of the other influential music acts that I have on my my list here significantly lower than that but I think despite that the um the influence on the genre uh you know reaching forward this far to today I think is um is pretty massive
1: Yep
2: completely agree I mean it's a lasting impact is the best way to say it and
1: I you know if he if he were around I I think he'd appreciate his own contribution okay uh
2: well well. that being said um i'm actually going to jump back then before i continue with my list so my number five was mash yours was also mash um i'm going to jump to my number six then uh since you took my number two and go with wow or world of warcraft
1: This one,
2: I, 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 I was hesitant to put it on the list because I didn't know if it would be specific enough for an acronym because uh, I don't know that it's actually appeared on any titles. I do know several websites and dedicated resources do have WoW as the primary thing, and if you talk to anybody who talks about it, they tell you they play WoW. So I'm going to put it on the list anyway. Uh um, okay. I think the the type of game that it is it really redefined what it means to be an MMORPG. I mean prior to that you had a, a couple of things, right? And some e um Elder Scrolls I think prior to that. Um
0: uh, EverQuest predated EverQuest,
2: um, yeah. For sure. I, I mean just a couple of games that were good uh some people would say great, but you know, they were good but Wow! Really redefined what an MMORPG was, and the amount of reach that it's had into other spin-off type games from the universe. Uh, not just Blizzard games, but the influence into other ways that uh, action happens in um, other open-world type games, and I just I see the influence or the the mini. Easter eggs and tropes from World of Warcraft appearing in so many other things. And it's gotten into pop culture so much so that, like, I mean, South Park's a great example of that. They had the World of Warcraft episode. Um, I maintain that it's easily their best episode, but we can talk about that another time. (laughs) Um, And I I just I see, even though I haven't played in quite some time, I, I see a lot of the influence still showing up years later i mean the nostalgia when they brought back classic people swarming back to play it it was like they were you know 15 years in the past and reliving the good old days so to speak and and then people realized how much time and effort it took and decided yeah i got better things to do but uh i i can see what world of warcraft means to a lot of people still uh across the entire nerd community and very few people who play video games, especially computer and online games, very few have not at least tried World of Warcraft. And I know you might have a different take on that, considering... Oh, no,
0: I I totally agree <laughs> you with you. I, played. I, I, I have played, I just don't care for it. <laughs> oh. But... Um, I looking at um I didn't consider World of Warcraft for um for my list just because the title isn't an isn't an acronym. Um, you know, people use WOW, but that's not the actual title. But that being said, um had I considered it, um obviously the most influential MMO ever made. Um, you know, very far from the first one. You had like um uh, MUDs, multi-user dungeons, you know, going back into like what well, I think like the late eighties, early nineties. Um And, you know, and then you you kind of proper MMOs start happening in the late 90s, you know, you've got like your Ultima Online 97, EverQuest in 99, Um, you know, Final Fantasy 11 is in 2002, and WoW doesn't come along until 2004, but, um, but WoW absolutely like makes a massive mark on, on that space. pretty much instantly becoming the most played MMO out there, one of the most played video games out there at the time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that influence, you know, carried on really, you know, it, it's definitely waned over the last... Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you say, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, for, <laughs> for probably for probably a, almost a solid decade, it was like the MMO, you know, um, and really defined what a lot of people were doing in that space. Can't tell you how many MMOs out there are essentially just WoW clones, um, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to do the exact same things that WoW was doing. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, definitely massive cultural influ- influence, to be sure
2: okay well you can give me an asterisk next to that one considering the title is technically world of warcraft i just i don't know that i really ever say world of warcraft that often except no when that's explaining fair. what it is i just that's say fair. wow and people know what it
1: is definitely fair um so cultural can- culturally asterisk it's an fair. acronym for sure for sure yes all right,
0: well, um, I'll move on to my number four, then. Um, we're moving into movies here. Um, we're going to talk about E.T., the extraterrestrial. Okay. Um, pretty, I think, um, pretty hard to argue that this is not a massively influential movie. Um, yeah, at the time when it came out, it was the most money-making movie of all time. Um, and, you know, since then has, of course, lost that. Um, lost that title but uh hugely popular movie um i think you can talk about et as there so there were a lot of in the 80s and kind of into the 90s um kind of the genre of like your coming of age movie kind of like child focused adventures and everything were um uh you know, it uh, became a popular genre through the 80s, and E.T. in 82, I think, is one of the kind of formative movies there of that style of what would happen in the 80s and 90s, uh, and really just defining a ton of what came after it and inspiring a lot of other movies. Uh, other interesting things from... Uh, I think one of the most interesting things about E.T. looking back on it is if you look, obviously the Reese's Pieces thing, big part of that movie. Um, And the company basically credits that movie for saving Reese's Pieces as an ongoing (laughs) piece of type of candy because they had released it, I want to say like a year or two before the movie. And it like initially did okay. And then the sales of it really waned off. And when they were making... um, when they were making et um they had originally wanted to use m&ms um and i want to say if i remember right like the marketing deal on that fell through i don't remember exactly what it is but they ended up going with reese's pieces as an alternative Mm -hmm. and just massive explosion in interest in reese's pieces became a hugely popular candy uh and uh i think and i really think that's one of the interesting things as we talk about the um items in this list, what has cultural significance is, you know, within its genre, within its um, you know, it's the space it's working in as all of these pieces of art or artists or whatever we're talking about here, that's one thing. But when you start like having an outsized impact on things that have basically nothing to do with movies, you know, like a candy. Right. Um that then you I think that's a good mark of like this is huge this is huge, right? It's like it it saved a candy from being killed. Sure. Um just with the uh, outsized impact that it has on uh, uh, um, on popularity and of other it things. It kind of
2: makes me wonder how often something else like that has happened. Another example I can think of is uh, the rock band Queen lost popularity after their initial introduction. I mean, they were semi-popular at the time, but they didn't really become mega-popular until Wayne's World. And Wayne's World asked to use Bohemian Rhapsody, and they showed them how they were going to use it, and Freddie said yes. And that was when they really took off as a band. So a- another example of how movies have a, a powerful impact to potentially potentially uh, influence things outside of their immediate purview. So that might be a list for another time if we want to think about sure,
0: that. Sure, yeah. So this, this is this is a concept is something that uh, is going to come up on my list again for sure.
2: Okay, fair enough. No, that that's a great contribution. I think uh, one other thing that I like to note about ET um, Spielberg when he was younger didn't have a lot of friends, and this story is really about him and his imaginary friend when he was younger that he used to imagine was an alien, and I I think that's really cool that he was able to eventually work through some things, get to a point in his life where he can say, look, I'm going to draw from this personal experience, and I'm going to make this massive movie, and it, it was a huge hit. And the, the bottom line is, it's relatable. Like you said, it's a coming-of-age tale. It's an adventure. I, th- I think of it kind of in the same vein as, like, The Goonies, where you know the group of friends kind of misfits, goes on an adventure. All from oh, yeah, that yeah, same sure.
0: genre. Sure. Goonies doesn't exist without E.T., for sure
2: no you're right so Uh, good stuff no that number four et i like it
0: all right what's your number four
2: my number four so uh this one uh i did not have on my original list um in talking to my wife a little bit we determined that it definitely needs to go on there, and in, in discussing a little bit, we we put it a little higher on the list, uh, even than I initially had. So, um, my number four is YMCA, and <laughs> right. YMCA uh, is not just a great song that gets played at every single wedding ever, uh, or possibly high school dances. I don't know; if they even sporting do that events, anymore, but sporting events. Yeah, I mean, it gets played. Everywhere, so the song itself far-reaching, but what it really means as a cultural icon to the gay community, the LGBT plus community as a whole, I mean, okay. it's indisputable that people associate it with that community just from the get-go. It, it was really, it, how can I even describe it? Because it's difficult for me as an ally, somebody who's not personally relatable to it to really describe what it means, but from other people in that community that I've spoken with, they recognize its influence, they recognize what the band was trying to do to use that song as a way to say, hey, you've got a place where you can be safe, a place where you can be yourself, and and maybe some unintended side effects from there, but um, in general, I think... It's it's symbolic. It's far-reaching within all aspects of culture, and I think YMCA definitely deserves the number four spot on my list.
0: It's definitely interesting because you look at um you know 1978 is um I believe the release of this song, Mm -hmm. um and you know the that time period is a lot different than where we are today, and it was a lot harder to have overtly queer media out there um you know um, not that it's the easiest thing in the world today you know Mm -hmm. i think you can see um negative reactions to lgbt things in media all the time still but um you know 1978 is a whole different thing (laughs) for sure much much harder for sure so you kind of have a little bit more of like flying stuff under the radar like this
2: and i always thought it was funny it's y m c a stands for the young men's Christian association right and I think uh, this is no surprise that there are many Christians who maybe don't even agree with uh that lifestyle still, which is you know kind of unfortunate, but um it's just funny that they chose to kind of latch on to that um, maybe it was just their personal locations were more accepting and willing to accommodate people and that's all it takes is one person to say, yes, we, we are happier here.
1: I think you could also put this, uh, this song
0: on a list of, uh, uh, pieces of media that, um, became more popular, more well-known than the thing they were named after.
2: Mm, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, YMCA or the Y is still around.
0: Oh, for sure. We live right by one.
2: Okay. Yeah. But I, I don't know anybody that tells me hey i'm going to the ymca i'm like okay i there's not i mean there is one kind of nearby me but maybe i'm not in the right circles for that
0: (laughs) all right um now i think we can move on to my number three um so, uh, you've mentioned my uh, number three on your honorable mentions list. So, apparently, I think the uh, impact of this is significantly higher than you. Um, my item on the list here is the band ACDC. Uh, this is another item that, um, you know, I am not a huge ACDC fan, honestly. Um, I, I think the, um, your vocals in the band tend to be a little screechier than i personally enjoy but i think if you start talking about what's the cultural impact of acdc um what's the reach there it's pretty big right um 200 million albums sold um as of i think this year uh and um acdc is kind of like the arena rock band that gets some of the most play right um just in references songs featured in movies um uh you know um in in advertisement whatever you want to whatever you want to say acdc is as for you know 40 years been everywhere everywhere um how many times have you heard songs like highway to hell or thunderstruck or kind of you know all kinds of stuff and and that is uh, yeah. the, uh their presence you know just you know whether or not you may uh how much you like them um personally. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan. Um, I like a couple songs maybe, but uh um the the impact on overall pop culture, again, outside of just um just listening to music and, and um going to shows and things like that, they made their mark on tons of different movies and, and, and T V shows and advertisement and all kinds sure. of things. So I th- I think ACDC definitely deserves a spot on the list.
2: And, and that was that was a tough one for me to eliminate from my original top list. Um, I did have it up there. I just think that some of these other things are more important or more culturally significant. But you're right. It's hard to find a movie that, oh, the uh, the main hero... Has returned from his exile and is supercharged to take on the bad guy. And suddenly, what song is playing? Back in Black. And sure. that's, I mean, I, I can think of a couple movies that it does that. So it, I think you're right. Their their reach is pretty far. Um, Thunderstruck is a drinking game. I, I mean, I
1: I've not heard that.
2: of that. Oh, well, I mean, that's, uh, I don't want to give anybody any ideas, but I'm sure everybody who heard me say that already knows how to play that game, but basically any <laughs> time they say the word Thunder, it switches to the next person in the circle, and ah, okay. they drink until they say it again. And, spoiler alert, it happens a lot.
1: So it, it does. It just keeps
2: moving around. Um, anyway, uh, so, no, you're absolutely right. They, they've definitely had a massive impact, and... I, I will not argue that they deserve to go on this list too hard, considering they were at least an honorable mention of mine.
0: Uh, also worth noting, if you weren't aware, ACDC stands for alternating current, direct current, um, in terms of uh, electricity. Uh, okay. And the, uh, the, the members of the band chose that as their name because they thought that that represented the energy of the
1: band. Um, the the kind of the driving energy force behind their music, hmm. yeah, I could see that Ang- Angus Young's kind of crazy <laughs> he's a character all right, Scott, why don't we move
0: on to your number three?
2: so I'm a little worried here with nine number three because I'm afraid that you might make me put an asterisk on this one as well um okay, it, okay It is in my mind, an acronym. And I think pop culturally, it's definitely an acronym. Uh, but uh, OK, I'll rip the bandaid off here. My number three is D&D or okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And I think I was, again, hesitant to even put this one on the list for that reason. But if you look at. All of the things that d and d has influenced, and i'm not talking about just stranger things where they happen to play d and d and that's like one of the core themes of the entire series but d and d as a, a bestiary and d and d as a hero's theme or a group of random people that happen to find each other and go on an adventure, how often does that exact thing happen in? every piece of media ever it just it seems like D&D as the original kind of point of gathering all of these fantasy nerd type things into one location and people draw from it constantly and and I think one as somebody who's played D&D and I I know you have as well my kids play D&D I recognize the the impact that it has on uh people's developing imaginations and uh their their abilities to think outside the box and problem solve as well as, you know, a little bit of nerdiness to it, but I think in general it's such a big thing, much larger than life than people even realize even outside of the nerd community and that they've consumed pieces of media that are direct influences of D D with maybe out even knowing. So I'm I'm putting it as a solid number three here on my list.
1: Yeah, no, I
0: i, I would say we don't need to asterisk this one because they have branded themselves as D and D many, many times. Um you know, back um I I believe both companies that have owned D D as a property uh originally um uh what is it T S R under Gary Gygax and nowadays Wizards of the Coast both have released a lot of products that um have it specifically branded as D and D, uh specifically. So I don't think we need to asterisk that. Um but cool. you are one hundred percent right. Um massive, massive influence. Um you know, it only gaining an influence in the last decade or so, honestly. Um which I'm not for, upset about at all. Sure. I think they're there you look back on the history of D&D and for decades and decades it's this very considered niche nerdy thing um you know popular in its way for sure but um but very much relegated to your normal pe- people um <laughs> people who aren't already predisposed towards especially nerdy pastimes are gonna look at D and go well that's for nerds that's not for me um but it's really um since the release of D fifth edition uh your mileage may vary on how great you think that edition is but they really focused on um making D more approachable and, and and trying to be more welcoming to people trying to that are interested in getting into the hobby and a big part of and that's a big part of why it has really latched on the way that it has today you look at um you know stuff like critical role other actual play um podcasts and shows have mm-hmm. massively expanded the audience um you know um i I'm not the biggest fan of of actual play podcasts or or shows but um i uh kind of what initially it is one of those that initially really did get me interested in in playing um uh the the penny arcade stuff back from
2: uh
1: yeah
0: like four, 14 years ago now or something like that I'll say it's like 2008 um is kind of what originally got me going hey D&D seems like it could be fun this is not at all what I thought it was you know it's kind of like friends hanging out around a table or telling cooperative storytelling is really what you know what I think it's really about um so and I've I've spent in the years since. A lot of time planned, Um, A lot of time uh, exposing myself to D&D related media discussions, conversations with friends, you know, all that stuff. So I, I, I 100% agree. Um, it, it, I, I hadn't really thought of it as an item on my list. I'm not sure why, but I definitely agree it belongs there.
2: Okay. Good deal. I'm happy to hear you say that. But with that being said, we are moving on to your number two.
0: Uh, so my number two again, we're latching on to something here that I'm really not a huge fan of personally But I think in terms of cultural impact um, This is one of the hardest ones on my list. I think to disagree with uh, and this is the uh, TV media franchise CSI crime scene investigation um, I have not watched a ton of CSI. I haven't especially enjoyed what I've watched but um I'm clearly not the norm there as um you know massively popular series of shows as of to as of 2022 there are there have been five different TV shows over 22 years first one started in 2000 that's 805 episodes total um the what was a lot of people thought was going to be the last spin off um CSI cyber perhaps unfortunate show um, ended in 2016. But as of uh, last year, they've brought the kind of original crew back um, to do CSI Las Vegas or CSI Vegas. I think that's what it's called. Um, and yeah, that's uh, um you know, any, any uh, TV show franchise that has a uh, 805 episodes, you know, they're doing something that's appealing to people
2: sure i i think um the the format of the show is hit or miss with some people um i think they they took some of the ideas of like law and order and then just really intensely focused on the forensic portion of it right and mm-hmm. and you're right i think for after its initial release for about 5 maybe even 10 years there's a whole generation of people that wanted to be forensic scientists. And I, I feel like it did a great service to the science community because it really kind of made people think, oh, I can I can do that. That's really interesting. I hadn't even considered how something like that might work. So from a a STEM career perspective, I, I think you're onto something there as well. And, and I definitely will not agree with you. I did not have it that high on my list but it does it did make my top 10 so we'll we'll cover that here in a little bit and you're right you're definitely right with this one
0: yeah you look at like even like you know we both attended high school we went to the same high school in in a pretty small town um one of small town yeah um in a small school like this one of the most popular um sought after class high school classes to take was a kind of CSI related class, so like crime crime scene, forensic type stuff. Um, and yes. that, you know, a lot of people wanted to take that class, and that doesn't happen without, without this show, right? Or these yeah. shows?
2: Uh, you're right, and uh, easily one of the most difficult classes to get into in the school, which says something, considering how small it was. But mm-hmm. I think we also need to address the fiasco of the one time where they had a teacher play acting a dead body, and somebody who wasn't in on the scoop saw it and thought it was a real body and called the cops. And suddenly we had a bunch of cops show up at the school investigating to see why there's a dead body at the school. When in fact it was one of the teachers play acting. um, I don't remember that purposes. Yeah. I I think it was even an article in the paper about it because uh, you know, it's kind of unusual that the cops would descend upon the school like that. Um, they made a little bit of a stink for a while but the <laughs> the class did not get canceled that was the big takeaway and turf, even though turf. i never took that class i yeah same i sat in on three different juries for the class uh so that i could uh listen in as the students explained their process and um it it, it was a really fun class especially for people on either side you know and there were lawyers and uh, the forensic investigators and yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I, and you're right. I think that's it. It wasn't just our school that saw this. I think CSI as a whole, just huge impact. And
0: uh, well, de- definitely. So, so there's. I don't know if you've heard of this. There's a concept um out there that is called the CSI effect. um That has dramatic. You know, there there are people who disagree on the size of the impact of this, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's fairly fairly well accepted at this point that um in the wake of these shows um they have really changed p a lot the the common public's perception of how can forensic evidence be used how effective is it um Mm. and the expectation with which um that kind of information can be used to bring bring criminals to justice right um these shows existing have fundamentally changed how criminal trials happen um their juries now um you know you still you know this is the show's been on for twenty two years and this is this is still impacting things today um it's fundamentally changing how forensic evidence is um is presented in in criminal trials and what juries are expecting to see in terms of, well, if there's no forensic evidence for this, if you're not, if you know, if you're if your prosecution isn't presenting this sort of thing, why should we take this seriously? Right. Because I watch the TV show and I know <laughs> I know how this works now. And, you know, and so, you know, there's maybe maybe positive and negative coming along with this. Right. Um the TV show certainly isn't a one-for-one accurate depiction of how all this stuff works. You can talk about the whole meme of enhance the image 800 times and, and yeah. find the tiny little detail, <laughs> uh, but it, I, I I think stuff like that's fascinating, right? Just in terms of like this show was so popular and addressed something that people just hadn't really thought about that much before that fundamentally changed how like legal trials are happening. Um, just crazy.
2: I hadn't even considered that, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I think the CSI effect, in combination with the actual TV show and kind of what it's done with everyone else, I yeah, that's great. It's, it's a worthy number two.
0: Well, we've already covered your number two, um, so why don't we move on to your number one here?
2: Yeah, my number two was Notorious B.I.G. So yes, my number one overall pick is snl saturday night live okay and this was for me kind of an easy pick um once i thought and you know realized oh snl obviously that's uh, a pretty big piece of media the more i thought about it the more i realized no this is like a huge piece of media um not only since it's airing in 1975 has it spawned the careers of some of the greatest comedic actors but beyond that it it still covers topical engagements and commentary on today's world even in most recent years you know say what you will about the overall funniness and direction of the show fine it's still relevant people still watch it and and it still is bringing light to some of the uh darker sides of of the reality of our world and um i mean they they cover elections they cover important political decisions and supreme court decisions and i i just think that it's been kind of a constant influence uh, throughout our lives for the past about i don't know 45 plus years and At this point, I just don't see it slowing down. It may change. It may continue to change. But I really think that what it's done for the overall careers and the impact of our society, not a single person, I think, hears SNL and doesn't know what that is and what it stands for. So number one on my list.
0: I would definitely agree with you that um, I think, you know, there's a time where snl is massively influential right you get through um you know kind of the especially the 80s into the 90s i think snl is 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 massively popular massively influential i really think it's gone downhill since then like massive drop off in in the relevance um and just the amount of viewership they have still a big show no doubt um but i think it's it's absolutely nowhere near where it was and and i think you've seen other sketch comedy come in and kind of certainly take up more of the um the cultural zeitgeist around um these kind of topics you know key and peel while it was on and and things like that um sure i have a i i i have a bit of a complicated relationship with snl and um i think most of it sucks <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of snl eras that i really really don't care for my the one that's close to my heart is like your chris farley david spade time um i i really i i enjoy a lot of those sketches but even then um in a uh on a week-to-week basis um i think um you know individual an individual episode is maybe going to have like 50 percent of it be stuff i actually find entertaining um Sure. Yeah. That, that that may just be me, um, but I think. Um,
2: but I don't think individual episode entertainment is something that is uh, really impactful to the overall cultural that's impact. That's true. And,
1: yeah, that's I true. That's true. That's just mean, kind of my relationship. Everything...
0: Yeah. Now then, then, then that's me specifically talking about the era that I enjoyed. You know, Utah, you. I don't know that you could pay me money to watch a modern. Day instead of SNL uh, I just don't I don't care for it but um, I, I cannot argue with you that in it in its at its height at the height of its powers SNL is like a major cultural institution absolutely still relevant today I would say very much less so
2: less relevant for sure but um, I, I think the overall contribution is enough for me to keep it at number one I mean
1: Steve Martin
2: Adam Sandler Tina Fey uh, let's see Dan Aykroyd and more recently like Pete Davidson right Kate McKinnon all these people I'm pretty sure started on SNL that was where they got their first break and I've recently of gained shows. appreciation
1: I'm oh,
2: sorry
0: okay. I, I've recently gained appreciation for uh Bill Hader um via the oh, show yeah. Barry incredible show Um, i had never all i had ever seen him on before that was snl and didn't really enjoy him there but barry it's incredible so um but yeah it it, i can definitely recognize a lot of stuff that i enjoy today would not exist without snl for sure
2: sure what came first jeopardy snl or real jeopardy we'll never know we'll never know (laughs) all right i think it's your turn
0: all right so one I think my number one is gonna be a little bit a bit of a curveball here for you. Um, my number one is E.T. the extraterrestrial. what's What the vi the video game? What? Uh huh. So I don't know how much you know about this, but um, a
2: little
1: bit. A little bit.
0: Uh, this game by no means single handedly. I'm talking about for the Atari twenty twenty six hundred here. Um, this game didn't. By no means single handedly crashed to the video game industry, but is the cultural icon of the video game industry crash in the eighties um that it it tanked an entire industry, even if it's not the only thing that did it culturally, it is what's perceived as being the thing that did it um and tanked an industry for years to the point where um affecting how video games are marketed and sold to us today um this i this is the the impact of the video game crash is, i i don't think can be can be overstated um you look back to um i guess to to give a little bit of background on this um back in the late 80s um you had especially on the atari um, and kind of more what at the time was considered to be home consoles Um, and less of you know what was a personal computer like a commodore 64 or something at the time um you had video games were way way easier and cheaper to make than they are today um and you could kind of just have a couple guys bang one out in a couple of weeks and sell that thing for 60 dollars um and people figured that out over time, and also figured out around the same time that, hey, if we get the license for let's say a massively popular uh, movie like e t and then we just crank out some some garbage in a couple of weeks here and and put that on stands, this will sell really well um, And that worked in some cases. It didn't work with e t because um, right around then is when kind of video game purchasing audiences at the time went. Why are all these games garbage? We're not going to buy any more of this crap. Video games are kind of trash, and so video game sales across the board uh, for for kind of home consoles we're not really talking about arcades here. we're not really talking about um at the time what what pcs kind of were um, home console sales just plummeted games mm-hmm. the consoles themselves um, just kind of across the board um, and um, it really kind of made a panic happen in the game development scenes they're like, how are we going to make money, right? No one's buying our stuff anymore. Um, and the thing that kind of changed that is Nintendo coming out on the scene and um, putting out the NES, and it's obviously massively popular, one of the most best-selling, you know, electronic toy-type things of all time. Um, and the reason I mention the toy word there is specifically because the way that Nintendo pulled this off is they marketed it as a toy. They didn't market it as a console because the word console was toxic. No one was, no one wanted to buy a console because everyone had the brand association with video game console as this is garbage. They didn't market it as a video game. They marketed it as the Nintendo entertainment system. This is a toy that you bring home. Um, and you can play these games on this, but it's not the same as the Atari or this other stuff that came before where, where all this crap was being put out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here to provide quality experiences. Um, and, and, uh, and it's not just the um, it's not just the kind of purchasing audience that they're trying to influence with this. This is retailers, because you lived and died by retailers back in the '80s, right? Um, for video games. You, um, nowadays, you know, most of this stuff is being sold digitally, um, and so the, the impact of retailers, the control that retailers have over this process is just not as important anymore. Um, at the time, you look at the, um, the retailers didn't want to buy game consoles to sell because no one wanted to buy them. They knew that nobody wanted to buy them. So, I think you look at ET again. This is ET is not the number one thing that crashed the video game industry, but it's it's kind of the focal point around which the collapse happened. Um, and I think crashing the entire industry for years um, deserves a number one spot on this list, on my list anyway.
2: Okay, so your your argument is more uh, is not really about what it what it did but what it didn't do kind of it's more like
1: this game wasn't
2: great it has an influence most people have never heard of it but by the way it's a focal point to the commentary on stop spitting out garbage games and okay no i see what you're saying i I hadn't even considered that to be on my list
0: there was an urban legend around this game for a lot of years uh, but that um this game sold so poorly that they had to take a take all the extra copies of it that weren't being sold and dump them in a landfill in I believe New Mexico. Um, Turns and, out that's not an urban legend. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to say four or five years ago, something like that. Um, they found they found them in a landfill. I don't not sure how I'm not sure how exactly that happened, but um, they found the landfill where thousands and thousands of copies of this garbage Atari 2600 game were buried um
2: they actually they salvaged one at least one of them that turned out to be still functional and they sold it for like a hundred thousand dollars
1: I'm not sure who would buy
2: city, that but
0: it's a bad game like if you haven't played it or seen it played it's terrible it's really it barely looks like anything on the screen. Um, the but gameplay is really boring, and it's incredibly culturally significant, I think, because of what it did to an industry. That, that the industry ultimately recovered from it, right? Video games are bigger than ever. Billions billions of dollars um, in that industry. But at the time, it tanked it.
2: Sure. I've heard of video games.
1: Yeah. <laughs> A couple people have. Oh, okay.
2: No, that's, uh, you're right. I think I, I would not have even thought of it. But given your explanation, I could definitely see why you specifically would put additional value into it and and see the significance of this game. So um, that was good. It's a good curveball. I was uh,
1: I thought I thought it might be a little surprising
2: like E.T. again, like E.T. again. What is this guy
1: talking about? I was prepared to argue. (laughs) You want an asterisk? You get an asterisk.
0: Well, I think we can um, wrap up this segment, um, we've gone over our topics, and we'll take a bit of a break here,
1: and then when we come back, we'll talk about um, uh, getting getting some things ranked. Okay, sounds good. And we're back from our break. We are
2: just about to go through the... Top unified list of our culturally important media initialisms. Uh, but before we get back into that, uh, I do want to go through kind of ten through six, or in our case, uh, ten through seven, because of some overlap of other things that we thought were definitely you know top ten on our list, but not quite high enough for us to argue. And so we'll go through. All of these kind of rapid fire, feel free to add a, a one or two lines of commentary uh to the ones that you have there, and then um we will get straight into the final ranking. So Josh, you wanna you wanna hit us with ten through seven?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um my number ten on my list is another video game. Um this is Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. Um uh very um kinda uh, the game itself kind of niche in terms of um, the amount of uh, following it got, but really influenced a lot of other games later on. Fallout 3 wouldn't exist in the way that it does without Stalker. Um, kind of a post-apocalyptic um, first-person shooter, open-world kind of thing. Your your Metro 2033 type of game, Chernobylite. There's, there's been a lot of other similar um, things that have kind of been born out of Stalker. Um, and that acronym, Stalker, stands for Scavengers, Trespassers, Adventurers, Loners, Killers, Explorers, and Robbers. Very silly. But they decided to make that an, um a uh an acronym but here we are um number 9 on my list is the uh film Gattaca um which is uh a science fiction movie in the 90s um starring Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman um has to do with uh, kind of g- genetic enhancement of humans and what that would do to society um great movie fantastic really good time and kind of influenced a lot of um other movies in the space of um, tech noir that kind of uh, uh, that Blade Runner had kind of really been the formative work on. Um, Gattaca in this case as an acronym referring to the um, chemicals that make up DNA: guanine, adenine, thymine, and cytosine. Uh, number eight on my list is SSX, which stands for Snowboard Supercross. Um, it is a uh, snowboarding video game, kind of the in 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 a lot of people's minds mine included the snowboarding video game franchise um came out a year after um Tony Hawk Pro Skater and really kind of helped capitalize on that extreme and, and establish that extreme sports as a video game can work as a video game genre can work outside of just skateboarding um and then my number 7 is another one that you had mentioned on your just total honorable mentions is uh ABBA um you know they uh sweden's first eurovision winner ever they've sold 400 million albums to date massively popular they had a whole musical whole damn musical based on them mamma mia so you know um uh uh, pretty pretty big deal so that's uh that's my uh those are the main items on my list go for it
2: perfect so number 10 for me is cbgb and if you're not familiar with CBGB it stands for Country Bluegrass and Blues. Uh, there was a movie based on this. Uh, Alan Rickman actually stars as the main character in it. Um, the, but what it is, though, is CBGB is a small bar slash uh, concert venue in New York where so many punk groups got their start. and And most people don't even realize it, but um bands like the misfits the dead boys beastie boys the ramones uh the talking heads all of these bands none of them would have got their start if they hadn't been given a chance to prove themselves because they were such a different sounding genre of music that didn't quite fit in with anything and and it's funny the the venue being cbgb none of those are country bluegrass or blues <laughs> that was just what he intended it to be and then he said, "You know there's something to this. I want to keep listening to these bands, and they kept bringing more and more on and eventually he became um their their manager i think a uh, record label owner, I think in a lot of cases but anyway c b g b great uh it's an okay movie, it's a good story, but uh number nine, I also had c s i uh so not not much left to say on that one, so I'll just skip on to." my number eight where i have the oj trials and this this one as a, a piece of media or a piece of content that was consumed you know feel free to correct me if i'm wrong it was one of the most publicly if not the first publicly discussed trials that really got a ton of media of attention and people saw even from the get-go with the car chase, right? The white Ford Bronco. That was, that was iconic in and of itself. And, and then the, the family, uh, the lawyer, right? Uh, Johnny Cochran, um, his, if the glove does not fit, you must acquit. How many different TV shows and movies have used that line in particular, or the same tropes or the same styles of defense that he's used? I mean, it spawned a whole bunch of ideas and relevance to this community. And, and I think the, the trial was much bigger than people even realize. And, you know, OJ wrote a book after the fact called, if I did it, here's how it happened. So I, you know, I'll leave the the judges and the jury to decide on his, his guiltiness or not, but let's just say it's pretty suspicious. Uh, And for those that don't know, uh, OJ, his name. It actually stands for Orenthal James. Most people don't know his full name. Just call him O-J. I didn't know that. Orenthal yeah, definitely,
1: James.
0: Definitely not the first uh, big celebrity trial ever. You have stuff like the Fatty Arbuckle Buckle trial back in the 20s. That was huge. Mm. But this is certainly the biggest one, I would say, um, up to, like, I don't know, more recently, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, maybe?
2: Yeah. I think it's more important than that one.
0: <laughs> oh, agreed. For sure. But um, and just in terms of capturing the public consciousness.
2: Sure. No, you're right. But I think that was, uh, I mean, it was a pretty big deal. And, and so number eight on my list. And number seven, you had in your honorable mentions, but I put it as my number seven. That is G.I. Joe. And the the show was great. But what it really did for me and what I think about as its biggest contributing influence, it made it cool for guys to play with dolls. Because that's really what it was was GI Joe action figures or dolls, and prior to that, I I just don't know how many people really did that. So for me, again, and I I kind of hit on this before when I was talking about D and D, but it really promotes imagination and kind of using your own resources to come up with ways to entertain yourself and and I think a lot of people saw the the lessons that were learned as the result of each of the episodes, and maybe there's some. Uh, questionable social things that are associated with it now. But I I really do think that G.I. Joe has such a big impact on um, that whole generation of kids, both from an action figure standpoint and a TV show standpoint. And so I think it was well deserved to be a number seven on my list. And of course, we already covered my number six. So I think that is everything.
1: All right.
0: Uh, Now we'll move on to actually building this unified. List of ten, so if we kind of move over, I feel like it's fair to move over our top five here um except that um a little
2: bit of overlap right we I have mean... a
0: little bit of overlap with the um with the mash on there um so um notorious b i. g. was my number six um also on which there, gets yeah. us.
2: So wow, being my number six, World of Warcraft.
0: Uh, yeah, I I I I will allow that making it. We can I'm okay leave with it that.
2: up there for now and we'll yeah. um we can refer to some of the other ones that we mentioned and see where we land. Um do we want to start with number one or number ten this time?
0: Um, I, let's start with talking about um just kind of upper half, lower half of the list, I think, is maybe a little bit easier sure. easier to do. Um I think personally i think maybe the most slam dunk from from both of our sides here on what makes the top half is, is csi
2: well i did have it at number nine but in discussing some of the other effects that you had mentioned yeah i, I think you're right it's appropriate to put it easily in the top five of that list so i'm okay yeah
0: i no, not necessarily saying number one per se, but I think it's got to be in the top five, just sure. with the impact it's had on, on how people perceive crime.
2: Absolutely. Obviously, MASH needs to be in a top five. Yeah, we both had I think, it at number five, so if it ended up there, probably wouldn't be too upset, but I think it needs to be in a top five.
0: I'd agree. I'd agree. So, I would say, from my perspective, yes. the ET video game is a top five.
1: What's your thoughts? Hmm...
2: While I agree that it was a focal point, I don't know that the game itself is specifically something that people draw their attention to, or that the average person would know and be able to point to. That's and if, fair. I think for those that that study this kind of thing, or know about it, or are video game historians, for lack of a better term, I, I think... Yes, it's an easy answer. I I just I have trouble putting it ahead of some of these other things that are on here. I would even have trouble putting it ahead of the actual movie. I think the movie has had way more widespread impact than the game. Um, but uh, that's tough. I I might I might be uh saying like a five or a six then. Okay. Kind of right we'll in the middle uh, of the we'll, list. We'll put me. that one
0: off to the side for now.
2: Okay. And for me, another one that was on my top five that maybe you didn't even consider was D D. And I think that needs to be in the top five still. And
0: I, I'd agree. I, I didn't really think about it as I was uh you know, as we had kinda of talked about researching this and everything. I was focused more on like, okay, music, video games, TV, movies as the as my main sources here. So you kind of brought a couple of things that i hadn't really thought of tabletop role playing space you know doesn't exist like it does today without dnd um let alone its referential impact in in movies and television and things like that of course so um yeah i
1: think D makes makes the top five absolutely okay good
2: let's see what else we got on this list so i had snl as number one
0: i don't think it belongs to number one personally
2: I'm willing to concede it to you, but I still think it should go in top five. And, you know, if we... Neither one of us had the number one of the opposing person on our list. Right. Uh, or even as an honorable mention. So that's uh, it's kind of an interesting point of data.
1: For sure. Um, I think looking at
0: our chrysalis and everything notorious big did not quite make my top ten my top five but it, it's your number two i think we can safely put him in in the top
1: five then
2: yeah i can see that all right even if it ends up at number five i
1: i think yes it should be at the top okay all right we'll move that one over um <laughs> that's
0: four in our top five here i think things that um before we kind of hash out the the last little bits there, I think we can put YMCA in the bottom 5. I think we can put ACDC in the bottom 5 based on kind of where our our individual thoughts on those are. Um I'm more comfortable having Wow in the bottom 5 because of that asterisk. Um I don't I'm not trying to push it off the list entirely, but it's not
2: really an acronym. No, I, I understand and uh I guess I'm okay with that. I I kinda gave myself the asterisk on that one, but I, I couldn't deny its impact and culturally like. Certainly said.
0: certainly culturally impacting, for sure. Alright. I think our number ones are gonna be the points of contention here, really.
2: I, yeah, right? That it's kinda of funny how that worked out this time. Um so then before we get to our number ones, because I might recommend that we maybe stash those kind of in the middle of the list. Um, we had some agreed upon ones that definitely deserve to be, call it the top four even. Um, I think maybe we can focus on which of those four needs to be in which order.
0: Right. Um, I think, hmm, let's look at this. So I feel like CSI needs to be right around the top. Um, Just because of its impact, I'm I'm inclined to favor things that impact things outside that that kind of conversation we had earlier of let's favor things that are having an impact outside their normal sphere of influence. Right. Um, So like a CSI infecting affecting. how criminal trials happen i think that's pretty big that's pretty big impact to society as in general right i think that's got to be up there
2: are you suggesting it goes at number one is that what i think you're saying
0: i would be okay with it at number one um just in terms of say what you will about our criminal justice system in this country but fundamentally changing how pieces of that play out i feel like is 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 a pretty big cultural significance
2: yeah, that's, that's impactful. Yep, I think you're right.
0: Like if we can, if we stack that up, besides like E.T. being formative for other um, you know, other movies and so, but like Saving a Candy, maybe not quite the same, um,
2: <laughs> same level of impact. So, with that being said, do you think Mash, D and D, or Biggie has had the most influ- influence outside of its normal genre or lane
1: if i think about
0: things that impact me personally i intend i think i want to skew more towards mash honestly um because like i said i'm not uh, um i'm not a huge adherent of the show itself but um if i want to think about how many different types of sitcoms and shows that i've enjoyed that absolutely like all of my favorites in that space would not exist without mash undeniably doing what it did. So, um, I'm kind of inclined to push mash towards the top in that area.
1: Hmm.
2: I thought you were going to say D and D. I I really, really thought that's where you're going with that comment. Um, I'm trying to D and D is big for sure. But I think if you, if you think about globally,
0: the impact of sitcom television versus tabletop role-playing games.
1: I think you gotta give it to MASH, right? Hmm. Yeah,
2: you're probably right. I think MASH spoke to not only that generation, but many generations after it, and there are people who are still finding enjoyment and entertainment in the episodes today. So, yes, I am okay with that. As long as d d goes third
0: I, I, I would agree on that I think I would put D&D above Biggie because you know obviously Biggie's had a huge impact on the amount of um, on, on, on tons of different people in the rap and hip hop space um, but if you remove him from history if you remove his genre from history that genre still exists it predates him um, and exists in a different way Today, but it, it it still exists in in a lot of the same space. Um, Tail top role playing games do not exist without D anD D anywhere near where they are today. Right? Sure. Um It's not the very first one, but it's damn near close. You just can't. You cannot even picture that anything like that. What what would that even remotely look like? We wouldn't be talking about it here if D&D didn't happen, if Gary Gyg- Gygax didn't do what he did.
2: You're probably right. Yep, I would agree with that, then. I would put D&D third and Big E fourth. Okay. Now we come to the all-important middle section, where we've let all of both of our number ones slip, and we have maybe E.T., the movie, lumped in with it. and And here's where I would say the the movie surpasses the video game in importance. Sure. And and I, I think I'd be willing to concede the video game ahead of SNL just given its impact on the overall video game industry as you had outlined. But I think the movie should go ahead of the video game.
0: I'm okay with that. I would definitely say E.T. over SNL for sure. Um, you know, Setting my own um, tastes around SNL aside, um, I, I just think the impact of E.T. on movies in general is higher than SNL's cultural impact
2: fair enough so between the remaining three and the remaining three spots we have WoW, YMCA and ACDC
1: personally I think YMCA has more of an impact on culture as the
2: the primary thing here than ac does
1: i would say more people
0: certainly ever like if you want to just boil it down to how many people know about this versus that right uh, how many people know about know how to do the dance and the at least the lyrics of the chorus right sure. um for y m c a versus people who are familiar with wow my grandma doesn't know what wow is you know um but
1: my grandma <laughs> knows what wow is <laughs>
0: Uh, but uh, but she certainly knows what YMCA is. And you yeah. can't you can't not right. Um, but she
2: knows but what I, ACDC I, is too.
0: Probably she certainly doesn't like them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs>
2: well, that's an impact uh, even being negative. I think.
0: So your proposed here is for the end of the list. Here is YMCA at eight, ACDC at nine, and World of Warcraft at ten.
2: Yeah, I'm going to let WoW slip a little bit, and I I think it's because of that asterisk. It's the main reason, but um, it definitely deserves to be in the top 10 of the list.
1: Okay.
0: I think we got a good list here. I think I'm pretty comfortable with this list.
2: Let's see. So let me run it back to you. We got 10, World of Warcraft, or WoW. 9, ACDC. 8, YMCA. 7, SNL. 6, ET, the video game. five. E.T., the Extraterrestrial. Four, Notary- Notorious B.I.G. Three, D&D. Two, M.A.S.H. And one, CSI.
0: I think that's a list.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about it. I think uh, there are some on this list that, from the first point of discussion of this topic, it's the ones that came to mind, and they came to mind for good reason. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I seeing them now here at the top of the list, it's, it's no surprise, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this list. I think it's, it's a good combination, the, the rightful place.
0: I think CSI is literally the first thing I thought of
1: when we first discussed this as a potential topic for the show. Well, wow. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well then, I, I think we're good. I think this is the list. I think we're done pretty good
0: list i think
2: okay well in that case um we will go ahead and wrap it up call it a day here thank you for joining us for this conversation i hope you found it enlightening and uh if you disagree with us well too bad you're wrong you're probably wrong (laughs) so uh, until next time uh, we'll be back with another stupid list with another stupid sequence. Looking forward to the conversation and I hope you'll join us again. I'm Scott.
1: I'm
0: Josh.
2: Have a wonderful day.